the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. The message this morning is being fruitful by being faithful. Our text is taken from John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8, a a passage of scriptures that no doubt many of you are familiar with. Jesus spoke these words, verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, You can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I love it when you read the Bible and uh, it practically preaches itself, you know. You don't have to do a whole lot of thinking. You don't have to do a lot of analysis to figure out what it's really saying to you because the theme just jumps out. And our text this morning uh, is a good example of that. As you will notice, if you have an outline, I underlined for you the words bear fruit and the word remain. And if you notice, as you read it, okay, the words bear fruit is connected to the word remain, and they were both used seven times in eight verses. So there could be no doubt as to what this passage of Scripture is saying. It's saying very simply that there is a connection between being faithful and producing a fruitful life. That's why the title of the message is simple enough. Fruitfulness through faithfulness. Jesus says, if you remain in me, that means if you remain faithful, if you are faithful to me, you will bear fruit in your life. Seven times these two words are connected to each other. And Jesus says, unless 
you remain in me, you will not bear the fruit that you ought to bear. You can do nothing. So the theme, the call of the Christian life is to be fruitful by being faithful. We cannot be fruitful in life without being faithful, and we cannot be faithful without producing the fruit that Jesus was speaking about. So what is this fruit that Jesus was talking about? It's very simply the fruit of the righteous life, walking rightly before God. That's what it means to have a fruitful life. There's, not, there's nothing complicated about this. Jesus says, if you remain in me, you're faithful. If you walk in righteousness by walking in my word, you will bear the fruit that you ought to bear. Okay? So, so we got to think, we got to start thinking about, am I life fruit? is my life fruitful? If it's not bearing the fruit of righteousness, if I'm not walking rightly before God, then I must not be faithful. And if I'm faithful, but I'm not bearing the fruit, that means... I'm just not remaining faithful. <laughs> I may still believe, but I'm not remaining. Okay? Yeah, I was reading this thing from the CDC of all places that tracks the rate of divorce uh, in America. You would think it's something else, but it's the Center for Disease Control that tracks these things. Don't ask me why I just Google these things. Okay, CDC doesn't stand for Center for Divorce Control. It stands for Center for Disease Control. But they gave us the top 10 reasons why marriages disintegrate, why marriages fail. Top 10 reasons. Number 10, religious differences. I never thought this would appear in their survey. But 13.3% of all marriages end up in divorce because of religious differences between two people. Number 9, lack of support from family. 17.3%. Health problems, 18.2%. Domestic violence, 23.5%. Substance abuse, number six, 34.6%. Number five, financial problems. That constitutes 36.6%. I mean, 36.7% of all divorces. Number four, getting married too young, which kind of shocked me, but 45.1%. Of all marriages that end up in divorce, it was a result of getting married too young. Number three, too much conflict, 57.7%. Mm, and number two, of course, you would expect this here, extramarital affairs that, uh, uh, that constitute 59.6%. And you would think that would be the number one reason. No, but the number one reason for all divorces in America, 75.3%. 5% of divorces is because of the lack of commitment between two people. And what do these statistics tell us? It tells us that marriages has to bear fruit. It has to be fruitful. You can have all the things that you want to put in a marriage, but if there's no if it's not bearing the fruit of what is rightful marriage, then it'll disintegrate. Jesus and the church mirrors that of marriage. To be faithful, we must be fruitful. And to be fruitful, we must be faithful. So let me again define to us what fruitfulness is. That is to be able to function faithfully as a Christian. To function faithfully, we need to walk righteously before God. And when we walk righteously before God, it gives glory to God. When we live out 
our call to righteous living, the Bible says it will glorify God. And if it glorifies God, that's what it means to be fruitful in our life. So there's nothing complicated. So this morning we're going to take a look at four aspects of our walk with Christ. Four aspects of this fruitfulness uh, that drives the fruitfulness in our lives. There are four of them. This is not an exhaustive list. I'm sure you can think about other things that will drive our righteousness, okay? Our, our fruitfulness in righteousness when, when we live this life. There are others, but these are the four central things that I want to talk about this morning. Uh, four of them. Number one, how we deal with our character, Okay, if we want to be fruitful, if we want to be walking righteously before God, it begins with character. We need to understand what our character is about. What is God doing with our character? Number two, we have to deal with the words of Christ or the commandments of Christ. Okay, it's not just the character. We need to understand as Christians to be able to walk righteously, what are Christ's commandments and what do they have to do with me being righteous? And thirdly, has to do with courage. Courage. That's a big piece of the Christian life. Without courage, you can't be a Christian and I can't be a Christian. Character, commandments, courage, and number four, communion. We need to understand the role of our communion with God when it comes to walking with God. So we're going to look at these four things and... Um, they're very important. They're very basic. Yeah, none of these things are, you know, should be new to any Christian. But these are foundational. And again, the deepest teachings of the Scriptures are the foundational teachings. Okay? Because foundations are at the very bottom of everything. So we need to bring this up, you know, to, to our consciousness, to our soul, to our spirit, that these are important things. These four things uh, um, we need to look at from the point of view of our righteous standing in Christ. Okay, let me explain this, this, this word righteousness to everybody this morning, if I haven't done so repeatedly over so many years. The Bible says that in Christ, we are declared righteous. Can somebody say amen to that one? Positionally, we cannot make ourselves righteous. Positionally, we can't do that. Jesus, when he came and lived the perfect life, died on the cross, buried and rose again from the dead and ascended to heaven, when we put our faith in him, in him positionally, he takes us from being unrighteous to righteous. So if you put your faith in Jesus, you are declared positionally righteous. If you and I have been declared positionally as righteous, we need to exercise faithfulness because faithfulness is the practical application of righteousness. So, positional righteousness, that Jesus' responsibility. I can't do that for myself. I can't make myself righteous. I need to be put positionally as a righteous person. Right? Amen? That's what Jesus did on the cross. But practically, this is my responsibility to be righteous. So that's important for every Christian. That's why so many Christians are confused about where they need to stand on issues. That's why Christians, you know, have a hard time praying, have a hard time doing the right things that they're supposed to do because they believe that they're positionally righteous, but they just don't want to remain and be faithful and practice practical righteousness. God provided 
the strength so I can buy a light bulb that I can switch on in there. Alright? But God, He has supplied the means. I gotta buy the thing and install it. Right? It's simple. But that's what we need to understand. Positionally, in Christ, I would trust that everybody in here has done that. You know how do you, you know how you are positionally become, positionally how you become Christians? Starts with the letter R, you know. You repent and you surrender your life to Jesus. And when you do, when you actually repented and turned over your life to Jesus, please don't listen to the devil anymore. Positionally, you are called righteous. Uh, you still lie, don't you? You know what you do when you lie after you positionally been put as righteous? You stop lying, right? Practically, you need to know that. I, I, you know, I know that already, Pastor. Just keep listening. Or I'll, I'll keep you here for a longer than I... Four things, number one. First of all, character. If we are going to bear fruit, the bear, fruit of righteous, bear the fruit of righteousness, we need to understand what our character is, what, what God is doing to our character. Number one, in Christ, we are to look at our character as being refined for fulfillment. God says, I'm going to, in Christ, once you are positionally righteous, I'm going to take your character and I'm going to refine it to fulfill you. Refinement in order for us to be fulfilled. Look at verse 1 again. It says, I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will even be more fruitful. What is this talking about? You know, people, a lot of people say, oh, what was he, what's Jesus talking about cutting off and all of this and fruitfulness, okay? Jesus is saying that to his disciples that when you as my followers, now as my followers, when you're going through some tough times, when you're going through problems, when you're going through difficulties, okay, in Christ, that's no longer some kind of punishment. That's no longer some kind of payback. That, that's no longer, the, the problems you're going through right now in Christ, that's no longer, see, because you're a bad guy, you ought to, to go through that and you deserve that. Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. To my followers, the tough times, the problems that you're going through are now a, are now a sign that I'm working on your character, that I'm working on you. I'm refining you so that you will learn fulfillment in me. How many of you, when you became Christians, you're still unsatisfied with God? I know I was. Still try to resolve my own issues and try to question all kinds of things in my life, you know. But at some point, God sends these trials, these troubles, these problems. Not as a wake-up call, not as a whatever. He's saying, if you're in me, remain in me. I'm working on you. I'm working on your character. I want you to be more fruitful. And your fruitfulness, okay, is not for you, God says. It's for me. I want to be glorified through you. All right? And just hold on to that thought. God is doing this, uh, taking us through all of these tough times. Sadly, uh, it's for his own good. It's for our own good in terms of our character getting built. But the ultimate end game for God is... I want to savor you. I want you tested and refined so that uh, you can be fulfilled in me. Those of you who trust in God know what I'm talking about. There is fulfillment in the Lord. 
Not necessarily all the things that you want will happen, but there's fulfillment and satisfaction in the world. You see what happens to us, even to us as Christians. Sometimes tough times can remind us of our failures. Tough times can often remind us of our failures, okay? And I'm sure some of you are going through that. And you know what? That's the devil's number one weapon. He's called the accuser of the brethren. When something's going on in our life, he's the one that whispers in your ears. You don't hear an audible voice, but it's, it's that thought in your head that says, you see, you have lived a bad life. You, you know, you've, you've messed up a lot of people. The, the thing that's happening to you, that's just the tip of the iceberg. More bad things are going to come because God is saying to you, pay back. This is for all the bad things that, are, that you have done in the past. But that's just the devil speaking. Because, but Jesus says the things that are happening to you, they're not a sign that, 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 that God is paying you back for your evil. God never pays back his children evil for evil. He pays back evil for good. That's what God is. It's the devil that says, you're going to be condemned because you're a bad person. Not if you repented. Not if you bowed your head to Jesus and says, Jesus, take away my sin. At that point, the devil cannot say anything to you anymore that condemns you because there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. That's what Jesus was saying to his disciples. Remain in me and my words will remain in you. You will find fulfillment. We start thinking about all the things that we had done and 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 and. We, we, we've been inundated with guilt trips and, you know, uh, you know if, if the devil or the world or the flesh can get us condemned, we will never bear the fruit of righteousness. I'm just going to continue in this because, you know, it's just I can't overcome this. No, no, no. God sends these things to us in order to refine us so that we will find fulfillment in him. And, you know, you, need, you hear athletes talk about this all the time, Right? I mean, athletes talk about this all the time, you know. You know, I sprained my ankle, but we're in the playoffs. We have to play through pain. Why do athletes play through pain? Because it proves to their coach, number one, the kind of player they are, right? That's, that's a character issue, right? But beyond that, these athletes play through pain because of the fulfillment that comes from winning. It's the same thing with the Christian life. There's no difference. We remain faithful for what? For the fact that God is training us to fulfill us because victory belongs to God's people. Not may not be immediate, but ultimate victory belongs to us. We are being refined so that we will find contentment and fulfillment in Christ alone. Now the term, he cuts off every branch in me uh, that bears no fruit, I cut off. That has nothing to do with your salvation. Okay, I want to make that clear. A lot of people say, well, you know, I'm I'm struggling with this uh, righteousness and stuff like that. You know, and does that mean God is knocking me out of his family? Absolutely not. This verse has nothing to do with our salvation. It has everything to do with our representation. I want you to catch that this morning. When, when Jesus says, those uh, branches that bears no fruit, I cut them off and I throw them away, blah, blah. That has nothing to do with God cutting you off from his family. It has something to do with you not being a representative of God's glory in your life. You're useless to God. A coach does not kick out a player from a team just because 
the player is not producing, but that player gets benched, and he plays during garbage time. God kind of does the same thing. We are to be witnesses for God through the fruits of righteousness that we demonstrate to the world. So when we speak of being witnesses, what we're really saying is my faith is based on the words of Christ. My faith is based on obedience, my obedience to the word of Christ that demonstrates my love for Christ. For Christ, And it also, in the process of obeying the words of Christ, that makes me righteous. And the righteousness that comes uh, from that obedience makes the righteousness of Christ shine in me. I trust Him that what fa- that I trust Him when things are going well, and I trust Him when things are going bad, and that's what faith really is. I remain in Him. I stay faithful in Him, even though I don't understand the pain that I'm experiencing, even though I don't understand what's happening. The way I respond in righteousness glorifies God. I need to be faithful in order to be trained in righteousness. You know, we're not, we're not born righteous. The Bible says we're born into sin, and we, we, as we grow up, we, we, you know, feed that sin, and until we come to faith in Jesus and are put in a position of righteousness, we don't have the power to practically live the righteous life. So this is important. Once we come to faith in Jesus, positionally we've been placed in a righteous standing with Him, but practically we need to do the second thing, and that is to obey the commandments of Jesus. So number two, we are to look at the commandments of Christ as a response of faith, as a response of faith. Look at verse three. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in me, in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Jesus is repeating himself so that we'll get the the message. Jesus himself commanded his disciples to bear the fruit of faith, which is righteousness. How? By abiding in his word. Their faith in what Jesus says, I'm talking about the disciples, their faith in what Jesus said about himself made them clean. In the sight of God, they are now to continue to remain faithful to His Word so that they may bear more fruit, more fruit of righteousness. The same is true for us today. The moment we put our faith in Jesus, we have been made clean, positionally righteous. Now we continue to remain in Him so that that righteousness will bear more fruit. Fruit. We will be. We will be more of a, a light to the world, uh, and we we become the, the the shining stars. The Bible says of the righteousness of God into the world. Obviously, Jesus says this is not um, an automatic thing. People think that I'm now a Christian. You know, I'm automatically going to be righteous. Not at all. I, I don't know about you, but since I came to faith in Jesus, there's been a lot of stuff that I, I wish I didn't do. There's a lot of stuff that I, I even now, if, you're, if we're honest with ourselves, there's a lot of stuff that we say and do and think that we wish we didn't say, do, or think. <laughs> well, no, it's, listen, it's all part of the process. We need to be able to remain faithful. That's why the blood of Jesus continues to flow so that we can get up when we're down, so we can continue to live this life. You know, we need to train ourselves in righteousness. The Holy Spirit is here, and that's part of His ministry. You know what the Bible says? 
It says in 2 Timothy 3.16, I think it's in your outline. It says, all Scripture is God-breathed. Okay, so with these words of Christ, the Scriptures, the commandments of Christ, they're all breathed of God. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. The commandments of Jesus to us who believe are not simply rules and regulations for us to follow. We still think that being a Christian, being righteous means, oh, I have to follow a set of rules and regulations. No, 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 no. That, that, you know, the, the righteousness that we practice is training. It's actually make us, making us appetizing to God. Every day we walk with the Lord. It, it glorifies God. We think that worship, worshiping God, for many of us, is coming to church on Sunday and doing our duty so that we can be uh, seen by God as coming to church on the Lord's Day and all of that stuff. Now, that's all fine and good, but that, that can lead into some kind of a rule and regulation in your life. It can turn legalistic. It, 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 it can turn very legalistic. You're saying, you know, I'm doing this thing on, on, on Sunday. You know, I'm singing these songs. I'm, I'm praying and I'm doing all of these things on Sunday. Now, there's, there, that, that's fine. That's a commandment from the Lord. But this is something we do every day. You know, worshiping God is something we do every day, not on Sunday morning. And I know I'm, 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 I'm being, you know, I, I sound like I'm talking down to people. But that can get to be, you know, the even, even, Church attendance can be a legalistic aspect. But I tell you, if you worship God after the service, and you do that on Monday and Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, believe me, people, you will be here on Sunday. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, Your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.